Hello, and welcome back to Character Speaks, a podcast in partnership with ProSign Design to spotlight passionate character educators who are walking the talk. I'm your host, Barbara Gruner, and tonight I am so over the moon with excitement to welcome Bethany Hill from Cabot, Arkansas, a lead learner, a passionate educator, a joyful leader, an sister, a mom, and so much more. Welcome, Bethany. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited that we're going to finally get to chat. I know I've been following you on Twitter for some time and just get such good energy from everything that you share and um, put out. I wonder if you would start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what journey brings you to today. Absolutely. Well, um, I have been an educator for 20 years. I just started my 21st year and um, it it's surreal. It, it's hard to believe that it's been that long. Um, I started out as a first grade teacher. I've taught second grade, third grade, and I've been a curriculum coach. I was an assistant principal for a few years, and then um, now I'm a lead learner at Central Elementary in Cabot, Arkansas, and I've been doing this for four full years. This is my fifth, and um, just really, really um excited about where I am still and it it still feels like it's the right place to be so I just can't can't imagine being anywhere else right now so central elementary thank you and I'm just going to go deep here what is your why because I you're just so joyful and passionate and I just I just want our listeners to know what your why is well, um, I, I truly believe that I am on this earth to help people realize their potential, and I can do that through empowerment and inspiration and encouragement and positivity. I learned that from my mother, who is um, a ray of sunshine, and, and she raised me that way. Um, and I just feel that I, I, I thrive when I can bring out the best in other people and when I can empower other people through positivity. So, um, I, I don't feel successful if I can't do that. And, um, I know I could do that in many roles, but to do that in the educator role is the most rewarding thing I can imagine. Well, as I watch you, I kind of equate the culture of yes with you. Will you kind of talk about that a little bit? Sure thing. Um, Definitely a culture of yes at our school, Central. Um, I truly believe in autonomy of teachers, but with a high level of accountability, of course. Um, I, I love to let teachers just dream a little and think of possibilities And never feel like they're tied down to having to ask for permission. You know, Um, my motto is to ask for forgiveness, (laughs) you know. And so, and I tend to do that myself. And so I I kind of want my teachers to do that too. I just want them to let me share the journey with them, you know. So so most of the time, you know, the, the tribe that I work with, they know that I will hardly ever say no, that I only do if I absolutely have to. And that usually comes down to money, <laughs> you know, yeah. and or maybe I just say not yet, you know, and until we find a different way. But 
Um, I, I, I trust my people, you know, to make good decisions for kids and for their colleagues because we talk constantly and have a high level of communication on a daily and weekly basis. And I feel very plugged in and connected. And so I don't have a problem being a yes person because of that. So you really follow a shared leadership model. Very much so. Um, I have a lot of faults and um, I don't want any of that, um, any of my shortcomings to ever hold us back as a collective group. And so I have to count on people who can fill in those holes um, for me. And um, I would rather lead than manage. And so um, I believe that that a huge trait of leadership is to empower other people, build capacity to where we're not walking that leadership line alone, for sure. It's, it's, it, just, it just doesn't work that way. It's just not effective. So, And are you doing some training as well? Because I think I saw you at Karen Norton's school. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm dabbling with it just a little bit. Um, I've, I've talked, I've done a lot of just, um, a lot of talking with other school leaders through, you know, Voxer or through a conference call, um, things like that. But when I went to my, my great friend Karen's school, that was my first time to really jump out there and work with an entire staff. And it was so much fun. I loved it. And her staff is amazing because she's an incredible leader. And they were just hungry for, you know, for information. And they, I think, I know they inspired me way more than I was able to inspire them. I left there so energized and um, know that that's probably something that I want to be able to do a little more of um, in the future. And I've tried to... To, um, to jump out there and do that. But a lot of times it causes me to have to leave my school and I'm just, right. you know, not quite ready to jump out there and do that um, and, miss, and miss work and um, be pulled away from my focus right now. So I think in time it'll, it'll be there to where I may want to do that more. more. But um, right now I'm just going to keep dabbling a little bit, I guess. <laughs> It looked like she um, had them in just like a gorgeous setting. Was it like a, a retreat thing? And, and is that what made it kind of energizing and magical? Yes, it was. She actually um, took them out of town a little ways. Wow. And um, it was a, it was a, a, used to be a duck club, a really nice duck club um, that, pe- that people would go on duck tours, you know, hunting tours and things like that. So it was this huge cabin that slept about 30 or 40 people. And um, they spent the night there and worked all day the day before I joined them. And so when I got there, they had done so much work on vision and mission and um, knowing where you're headed, their why, and all of that. And then when I worked with them, we talked about dreaming big for kids and knowing, having a personal vision and goals and how that affects us professionally and then how our professional goals affect our school and how that aligns with our district and with the, the education field itself. And so we, we, we really dug deep that day and had so much fun, but... Um, 
le- all left knowing ourselves a little bit better, I think, after the end of the day. So it was great. Which I think is so key. And when you say dream big for kids, I'm wondering what that looks like or sounds like or, or feels like to you. Well, um, a couple of years ago at, at, um, at my school, my assistant principal and I had decided to that we wanted to get the staff together in the summer. We, we can't, you know, we can't mandate it because it's their time, but we wanted to offer it. And, um, she helped me come up with a really great agenda that would help us have a lot of fun, but also get a lot of work done before school started and to kind of, um, give us something to look, to look forward to when, when August came around. So we did it right after school got out, like about a week. Um, it was a quick turnaround and, you know, we came comfortable in T-shirts and shorts, and um, we called it Dream Big. And um, we had T-shirts for them, and, and we wanted them to remember what it was like when we were kids. You know, when we used to think that almost anything was possible. You know, we, we could be NFL football players. We could be ballerinas. <laughs> we could be princesses, you know. And um, we just didn't see limits. So, um, we equated that to how a lot of our kids don't have that opportunity to dream big, you know, in today's world. And, and we work in a, we serve a title one school, so lots of poverty and how some of them don't have a future story. They don't have dreams because they can't see past their next meal or where they're going to sleep that night. And, you know, um, they have a lot of, a lot of challenges. And so if we can't think really big for them then we're never going to be able to get them to, you know, to not be a victim of their circumstances. So, um, that's, that was our focus. And we looked inward, we really honed in on what our personal beliefs were and what we want for ourselves. And then we also started thinking about what we wanted for our school and what would be good for kids. So it was really powerful that day. And it went from simple things like, making our school look more appealing, you know, so even just the aesthetic part of that first impression when people come in the door to, you know, what, what we wanted our leadership, um, student leadership team to look like and what we wanted our, our building leadership to look like and professional learning in our school. And so, um, very little, very simple things to, to really big stuff. And, um, we accomplished so much, before school even started that year that set us up for success. And then we repeated that this summer, we did it again and wow. um, had some different, you know, some different goals um, to focus on innovation and how, you know, our um, lack of comfort in technology and um, new trends in education can't hold us back from, from giving kids exposure to those things. So, it was a, it was a real discomfort kind of day. You know, it was like, it was a, it was, I think a lot of people experienced, you know, some imbalance because we, we brought out tons of STEM and tech tools and they had to explore those things. But these were all things that our kids had been utilizing in the library all year and had figured out, you know, um, things, um, involving coding and, um, robotics and, um, maker things, maker activities and snap circuits and all of these really great things that terrify a lot of grownups, you know? (laughs) And so, um, that was our focus this year was to, to really, really think 
in terms of just because I don't know about something very well doesn't mean that I keep it from my students. I still have to find a way to share it with them because they will figure it out a lot of times or find a mentor who can come in and do that for for a teacher, you know, um, but but don't keep it from them, you know. And so it was it was an eye opening experience and it was a different level of accountability that that um, that that rose up after that day. So it was it was very powerful. And then and then we moved on into our back to school days and took it even deeper, you know, in August. So it was great. Okay, now it's sounding really dreamy to me when you talk about dream big and self-awareness and digging into stuff because I've done a lot of work in growth mindset and so that's mm-hmm. not scary. But then you also said the word petrified and I know <laughs> a lot of my teacher friends and me too. I mean, I'm not saying I'm beyond being scared by that stuff, but how do you get past the fear so you can get to the productivity? That's great. That's a great question. Um, I, I think what we have to do is is know how to tap into our people and um, not just the leader tapping into certain teachers or some teachers who are leaders, but recognizing every teacher as a leader in some area. And um, and so in our back to school time, that's what we really focused on. We made it. We had a chart up that everyone had to sign under a particular category um, as a strength. And so we had teachers say they were gurus in classroom management or they were very, very good at um, a tool like Google Classroom or maybe they loved to teach writing and they had lots of strategies to um, to motivate kids to write, um, different things like that. And so after that morning, we had a huge morning meeting and our instructional facilitator led it. And we, we reviewed how everyone had signed the chart. And that basically is setting us up for, for personalized learning this year. And I really want it to be teacher led, you know, and for, for when someone doesn't feel strong in an area, they can go to multiple people, not just to the leader or not just be afraid to speak up and not you know, and not learn, um, and try to go unnoticed, you know, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of teachers will do sometimes because they, you know, it's hard to admit, especially if the culture isn't safe in a school, it's hard to admit that you, you don't feel like you're doing your best in a certain area, right. but at any, any given time, we're all going to struggle in a particular area. And, um, because we're human beings and, and things are going to happen. Seasons are going to going to come and go in our lives that are going to make us more um, more susceptible to life intervening. And we need we need people around us to to lift us up. And so our focus was: if you see a colleague who's in trouble, who's drowning, who is stressed, who maybe isn't providing the quality education that you feel should be happening, then, then we can't, we can't not say anything and we can't not do anything. We have to jump in and support. And if that has to evolve admin at some point, because, because they can't figure out what to do to support, then that's what has to happen because we can't, we can't accept less than our best for kids. And so that was, it was a hard conversation 
and a very serious conversation that we had during back to school time. But it was also a, um, a very inspiring and challenging moment. Um, it really challenged the teachers to realize that we can do even more. We're a great school, but we can be so much more, you know, if if we just continue to push ourselves a little bit more. And so um, it was it was really powerful and um, connected nicely with the dream big because we can't just dream, dream, dream. We have to put things into action, too, you know, and and that's the hard part. But um, but we have to do it or we'll never move forward as a as a school. So um, and so I'm guessing that this is going to lead to your focus with or your participation in the Observe Me movement. Is that why they were signing up their their strengths so people can come watch? Um, yes, eventually. Um, we, we, we dabbled with Observe Me last year and and um, we just we sort of made it very open ended. It wasn't something that I monitored closely. I did make it an expectation and um, for every staff member to make sure that they that they um, went into another colleague's classroom and gave some positive feedback. Um, I encouraged them to validate each other. You know, that was our way of starting this movement, you know, to to be encouraging, to find mm-hmm. something great that they saw, to maybe take take a selfie with that teacher before they walk out, you know, and celebrate them on social media, you know, just just those things that we all need, you know, we all need the validation. And, um, and so that's what we did through, through last year. And there were a few who did not participate very much. And then there were some who almost every week went into a classroom, you know, and learned something from someone. So, um, this year we hope to take it even to a different level and, um, have it be more of a, even a mentoring type situation where, where they go to, someone for a specific thing and have the conversation, but then maybe that person comes in to model, or maybe they, maybe the teacher in need goes to a classroom to observe, but then there's some follow-up after a face-to-face conversation, you know, um, almost a debriefing. So just maybe taking it a little bit deeper to where, um, the, there's, there's a higher level of, of learning taking place, um, more of a mentoring or, or, or peer coaching type um, situation. And so, so you talked about it as um, a safe place. How do, you, how do you make your tribe into critical friends so that you're that collegial, so that it's safe and that discomfort is okay? That's a great question because that's kind of where we are right now. Um, and I know that not everybody feels you know, completely comfortable. Uh, probably no one will ever feel absolutely a 100% com- comfortable saying, I need to grow in this area. You know, it's never going to feel great right. to say that. Um, but um, I think we're finally to that point at our school where, um, you know, we look at data and we know data talks to us, um, even though we know that there's so much more behind the number you know, um, there's a bigger story behind the number, but data does help us have a starting point to, um, to look at academic progress or lack thereof. And so when we see that data and we see that, you know, a team of teachers is working together to help build up our kids and not just one classroom of kids, then we realize that, you know, if I'm, 
if I'm showing weak consistently in a certain area, then I have to get help from my friends who are really doing well and bringing their kids along. And so um, sharing the data and being very transparent with it, I think, is, is a huge step. Not to say, oh, look who has, look who's not doing so great in this, you know, but to say, hey, these are our kids. Right. And um, we, 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 sh- we share them and we are responsible for all of them. And so it's, it, it takes a few, a couple of years to get that um, mentality. But, um, you know, it's, this is year five for me in this school. And um, it just every year just gets deeper and deeper and, and strengthens more and more of how we want to help everyone be the best that they can be. It's not a competition. It's not to see who can outdo someone. Um, it's about helping every classroom be as equitable as possible and keeping autonomy and keeping that unique, you know, um, sense and community of it in every classroom because every classroom is going to be, you know, feel different and look different. And we need to have that creativity and autonomy you know, in teachers. But then also at the same time, be able to say that it doesn't matter where your child lands. It doesn't matter what classroom your child lands in. They will receive a quality education and no, no classroom will be better than the other. They are all amazing, you know, and that's the goal. And we can't take our eyes off that, you know. So that was a challenge that I gave to um, the staff at the beginning of the year was can we make the promise to our community that no matter where a, a child um, lands in a grade level, that they will get everything that the other classes will get to, you know, that the kids in the other classes will get to. And so we all know that that's, that's really hard. <laughs> and in every school, there are always some classes that are going to have more to offer than others, you know, but the goal is to, is to make it equitable. And um, that's a huge challenge. But if we, if we don't push toward it, then, then we're not going to get there. So um, that's where we have to put our focus. And then, and once we put that out there, then, then we're all responsible for each other, you know, and then it, it helps that collegiality for everyone to come together and, and help. So if that makes sense. <laughs> it's very nice. It sounds like you've done an amazing job working with your staff to go from me to we, because there has to be a me. You start somewhere and you're planting seeds, but without the we, you know, there's not a lot of fruit and, and, and you're kind of not able to branch out. And so when you can gain strength going from me to we like that, it sounds like a success formula for sure. Yes, definitely. And we all, and we have our bumps and we have, you know, we have a lot of imperfections as a, as a school, of course. But, um, I, I feel like there's not a person there who's, who's in the profession for the right, for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to be the best they can be. Everyone wants to do what's best for kids. And, and when you have that heart there, then, everything else can come along, you know, and everyone will continue to grow and to improve and to challenge themselves and, and to accept feedback that may be critical, you know, because we can't always have validation. We always have to have some, some um, feedback for growth too. So you're doing a lot of self-care 
clearly because you're taking care of a lot of other people and we know that we can't serve from an empty vessel. Would you care to tell our listeners <laughs> how you um, keep going? I feel like you're an energizer bunny and <laughs> clearly you're doing something right in the self-care category. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm probably, most people who know me well would would say I'm terrible at it. <laughs> um, I, I, I really have, that's an area and, and, um, that I need to grow in. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm telling you that my staff, my tribe, they, they actually, you know, will call me out on, um, on that a lot of times, you know, um, good, if good I, for them. And, and that's a great thing. Yeah. Yes. And because I, I say on them, you know, don't stay too late. Don't work this weekend. Stop emailing, you know, take a break. And, um, and I have to really watch myself too, because I, I'm, I, I would love to send emails at two o'clock in the morning because my brain starts to spin and I want to get it out, you know, but I, I've, I've had to learn to refrain from doing that, you know, because it sets a precedent that I'm expecting, you know, everyone to, to do that too. And, and, um, I never want, I never want to do that to it, to, to the people that I work with, you know? Um, so I've had to really, um, reframe a lot of, um, my, of myself, my own self care and, and think about how I, I've got to sleep more and I need to drink more water and I need to sit down sometimes during the school day and yeah. I need to eat lunch, you know? Absolutely. um, Mm -hmm. And not feel guilty about it, you know, because that's, that's where I struggle is that I feel like I just need to be on the go, on the go, on the go all the time. And, and that if I sit down to eat lunch, that's 30 minutes that, you know, I've lost or sometimes even more, because if I do get in one place for very long, usually people come around, you know, (laughs) and they, and start talking and everything, which is great. But then I feel guilty because, you know, I'm, I'm not out and about. So I, I, I'm working on that, um, on that balance. And, um, I met Sarah Johnson and Jessica Johnson and Jessica Cabine. And they wrote, you know, balance like a pirate. And I was a contributor to that book and, oh my goodness, listening to them present at the national principals conference was amazing. And it was like a a sermon was being preached right at me. And I was shrinking in my seat as they were talking <laughs> and my assistant principal was beside me doing the same thing. And we were just looking at each other like, we're terrible. We are terrible. We are awful people <laughs> because we can't take care of our own selves, you know. So, um, so we've vowed to hold each other more accountable this year too. Okay, good. Maybe I can give you a self-care mantra. Self-care is not selfish. <laughs> and when you yes, get to feeling right. like it is, then like repeating that and even counting it on your fingers, self-care is not selfish. You have five yes. fingers and you could just <laughs> say that real quickly as you sit down and in- enjoy and savor those lunches. I used to skip lunch too, and I would be so grumpy by the end of the day. And when yes. I started eating more faithfully, in fact, I would, I would take 30 minutes off campus and come home and eat with my cat. <laughs> and it <Yeah. laughs> really made such a difference in my mood and in my ability to be present with the, the students and the staff. Right. Yeah, it's so true. It really is. And um, I, I have moments where I'm, I feel like I'm doing really well, but I have moments of total failure too. So, um, I, I'm definitely a work in progress 
in that area and do find myself at sometimes just so exhausted that I can't think and I can't help anyone. You know, I can't even help myself. And so that's definitely not, um, not a healthy way to be at all. And, um, I, I have, I definitely have to work in that area. I need a lot of intervention and a lot of support. And I've been very transparent about that with, with my tribe too, because, um, I don't want them to, to use me as an example when it comes to that area. I need to learn from some of the people around me that are good at it. So, Okay, for everybody listening, Bethany Hill needs an accountability buddy, so let's all check in on her and make sure. That yeah, after she, this comes out, I'll be tagged in a bunch. Yes, you're going to be feeling. tagged. Everybody tag Bethany. Okay, I'm going to just put it out there. I've been encouraging you to write a book since I met you. Um, what's next for you? And hopefully maybe it's a book? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm in progress um, right now. I'm a writer and author in progress. Um, I am working on a book in the Unseries with okay. Chuck Poole yes. and through Times 10 Publishing. And um, my book will be the fourth in the series. So it will come out sometime next year. I had originally hoped to be the second book. Um, the summer was crazy for me. I lost my father and, oh, uh, I'm so sorry. and, ha- and my, and my, thank you. And my mother moved, uh, moved in with me this summer for a little while. She was recovering from an injury that happened with, she broke her leg and then he passed away within a couple of days of mm. each other. And it was a crazy summer. Hard. And so my creativity and my, my will to, you know, to, to get my thoughts out was just so stifled. And, and that was a, a, a very, um, a very, um, low couple of months mm-hmm. in, in, um, July and early August. Um, so I, um, and self-care was out the window, you know, <laughs> and that's when I, I really had to start thinking, okay, how can I start this school year with, you know, a clear mind and a clear heart and also, focus on myself a little bit, you know, and that includes my writing. And if that means that I have to separate myself from, from people sometimes to have that space, then I have to do that, you know? Um, and so I have recently, you know, come, come out of that and, and found my joy again. And it has, it's been exhilarating. And so I've began to, I've begun to write again and, um, hopefully it will come out, um, mid, mid, you know, mid year, spring, mid spring, hopefully, um, next year. And, um, it is, it's going to be called unconditional, um, embrace, embracing the power of joyful leadership in schools. So, um, it will, it will be an uplifting read hopefully for everyone. So I'm excited about it. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And you have been an encourager for me for a couple of years now. So, um, one of the people who've who've held me accountable to achieving that dream. So I appreciate you for that. Well, you have a lot to share. Um, I want my listeners to know where they can follow you because I feel like we're running out of time and I don't want to ignore that part. Um, you're on Twitter. Yes, I'm, um, my Twitter handle is Beth Hill twenty eight twenty nine. Okay, and um, I also have a. Um, Facebook page for educators. It's called Inspiration for Educators. 
So you can follow that. And um, you can find me on Instagram. And my school um, has social media as well. And, and my school's Twitter handle, handle is at Central at, at Central Cabot PK4. Um, so check us out there and follow our story. Um, I would love to connect with, with more people. I'd make it a goal to follow new people every day. So, And to everybody, follow Bethany. You will be so inspired and so blessed. Bethany, I want to thank you again for carving out time. I know that um, time is precious, and when we're not at school, we need to be with our families. And so I appreciate your time this evening and really just your inspiration and your joyful leadership. Thank you. I'm so proud to be here with you, and I'm so excited to hear your voice. Now I just have to meet you face to face. And we'll make that happen soon. (laughs) Yes, ma'am, we sure will. And then I want to remind my listeners that this podcast is supported by ProSign Design, a family-owned business dedicated to character, safety, and organization. Please join us next week as we continue the conversation about character ed, connections, and life. In the meantime, take care. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, character speaks.